Welcome everybody to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, and here we have the midweek special as I think we're going to start doing that more regularly now, but I'll, I'll just have to see how much time I have to make these episodes. And our topic for today, we're going to be examining the creationist argument, and I'm going to answer, give reasons why I think macroevolution is the best way to explain life through intelligent design. But first, let's get to our verse of the day, because I actually remembered to do it on time this time. And it comes from Titus 3, verse 4 through 7. But when the kindness of... That, that was a horrible start. Let, let's, for, let's restart that. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might have heirs having the hope of eternal life. Amen. That that's a powerful verse. I love reading uh Paul's messages in in the New Testament. But with that, let's go ahead and get started. I get my uh information from the Institute for Creation Research. So I'm gonna be more objective now. I'm reading an article by Henry M. Morris, who has a PhD, so they're an expert. And here's how I start. Belief in evolution is a remarkable ph- phenomenon. It it is a belief passionately defended by the scientific establishment despite the lack of any observable scientific evidence for macroevolution. That is evolution from one distinct kind of organism to another. This odd situation is briefly documented here by citing recent statements from leading evolutionists admitting their lack of proof. These statements in inadvertently show that evolution on any significant scale does not occur at present and never happened in the past and can never happen at all. Well, that, that's an interesting start. I, I can agree with that partly, but let's go in and continue. So their first point is evolution is not happening now. First of all, the, the lack of a case for evolution is clear from the fact that no one has ever seen it happen. If it were a real process, evolution should still be occurring. There should be many transitional forms that we could observe. What we see instead, of course, is an array of distinct kinds of plants and animals with many varieties within each kind, but with very clear and apparently unbridgeable gaps between the kinds. That is, for example, there are many varieties of dogs and many varieties of cats, but no bats or cogs, okay, which such variation is often called microevolution, and these Minor horizontal or downward changes occur fairly often, but these changes are not true vertical evolution. So there are several several problems here with the first part of this article, mainly being that evolution takes hundreds of thousands of years for any noticeable changes to occur. Homo sapien has existed for about 200,000 years, and so we haven't changed that much because it also depends on the amount of genetic mutation happening between the species. But we can observe microevolution, but the whole point of macroevolution is with enough microevolution, the species eventually changes. So uh, that's uh, my first criticism there, but we'll go ahead and continue. Evolutionary geneticists have often experimented on fruit flies and other rapidly presu- producing species that induce mutational changes, hoping that it would lead to a new and better species. But these have all failed to accomplish their goal. 
No tr truly new species have ever been produced, let alone a new basic carb. A current leading evolutionist, Jerry Schwartz, professor of anthropology at the University of P Pittsburgh, has recently acknowledged that it was and still is the case that, with exception of Domzaxi's claim about a new species of fruit fly, the formation of a new species by any mechanism has never been observed. Again, you cannot observe macroevolution happening because it takes so long to happen. And plus, flies and current day flies have a change for millions and millions of years, so why can't, why would that all of a sudden they change? Again, it depends on environment, it depends on the environment affecting the DNA, and the small changes and variants in the DNA uh, create the macroevolution over time. But I do understand the point here. Evolution never happened in the past, is their second point. Evolutionists commonly answer the criticism above by claiming evolution goes too slowly for us to see it happening today, as Richard Dawkins would say. They used to claim that the real evidence for evolution was in the fossil record of the past, but in fact, is that the billions of known fossils do not include a single unequivocal transitional form of transitional structures in the process of evolving. Given that evolution, according to Darwin, that was in a continual state of motion. It followed logically that the fossil record should be rife with examples of transitional forms leading from less to the more evolved. Even those who believe in rapid evolution recognize that a considerable number of genera gen generations will be required from one distinct kind to evolve into another more complex kind. There are there are there are therefore to be a considerable number of true transitional structures pre preserved in the fossils. After all, after all, there are billions of non-transitional structures here, there, but with the exception of very few doubtful creatures such as the controversial feathered dinosaurs and the alleged walking whales, they they are not there. Instead of filling in the gaps in the fossil record with so called missing links, most paleontologists have found themselves facing a situation in which there were only gaps in the fossil record with no evidence of transformational intermediates between documented fossil species. And we'll, we'll just talk about that for a sec. So I, I find this very interesting. So how, how am I gonna even explain this? So transitional fossils all, it really just me means what you define as transitional, really, because every species is transitioning into a different species if macroevolution were true. So to help better explain that, I have fossilized fish over there. They're technically still, and when they were alive, they were evolving. Their species was evolving. So every fossil is technically a transitional fossil. But I do get their point, and this was my main objection as a creationist back when I didn't believe in macroevolution. But again, there is still missing links that we are filling in. If you ever went to my website, you will see that I use Archaeopteryx as an example, the missing link between dinosaurs and birds. You can see many dinosaur-like features on it, but you also see many bird-like features, and that's why it's considered the first bird. And as time goes on, they lose more and more of those dinosaur-like features and bring on more modern-day bird-like features. But there, there are several transitional fossils. You can look at a horse, 
how horses have gotten bigger and more evolved over time. You can look at a whale from it. There's a divide and then one species um, slowly goes more into the water and eventually loses their legs and just develops flippers. And then the other branch goes on to be some type of modern day land mammal. So there are, there are many transitional fossils. It just depends on what you mean by that. And the standard that creation is set for transitional fossils is a little too high for any scientist to be able to the, uh, find in a fossil. It, some of the things they're asking for out of evolution is kind of crazy. The whole point of it is with enough microevolution, then comes macroevolution. But I think really the whole settling argument here is is that how old is the Earth? Because if the Earth is only 6,000 years old, evolution is happening, but we just haven't seen it happen. It's like we can see the microevolution, but we, we haven't been here long enough for the macroevolution to happen. But if the Earth is billions and billions of years old, then it's long enough for, to see the macroevolution over a big time scale. And we'll go on and close with that. that she, he writes on genetics here, but I'm not even going to get into that. Right now, I think that's a good place to stop. Um, briefly, I've talked a lot about evolution on this show. So I'm probably going to slow down because my mom's getting a little annoyed by it. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to contact me, email me at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, this is Common Sense Christianity. You just listened to an episode of Common Sense Christianity. I'm your host, Ethan Foster, as always, and we love doing this for you guys. Please share the podcast with your friends and family if you like it, and frankly, even if you don't, uh, subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review so that more people can hear the Word of God. And until next time, God bless you.